All right. Well, we didn't talk about it. All right, all right. We don't need to start having the, the argument right away. It's not even, I don't even know if it'll be an argument. It probably will be, though. Well, like Tony C said, we argue about films we both like. Yeah, I don't think I like this movie, though. Wow. I don't know. The more I think about it, the less I like it. Wow. Wow. Eh, whatever. Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. All right, so it's the good stuff. Yeah. It is the Laugh Podcast. Over there is Mr. Two Frames, Ryan Bull. Howdy. I'm the L Train. Spider-Man meets Superbad. That's how you're going to describe this film? That's how I felt about it. That's what I, I except I liked Superbad. I didn't like Spider-Man too much. So you're, where are you coming down on the continuum for Deadpool? The movie we're reviewing on this week's episode. The movie 124. Deadpool. Uh, it's a movie about a superhero, but it's not a movie about a superhero. This guy's not a superhero, right? He's supposed to be a superhero, but he's like aware of his superhero-iness. He doesn't want to be a superhero. Apparently in the comic books, he does some more superhero stuff. Does he save a cat or a dog? I think it happens in one of the trailers. He saves a cat or something. Yeah, yeah superhero. Kind of lonesome back here. A little help here. Excuse me. Woo! Dope in the pool. Dead. Why the fancy red suit, Mr. Poole? Oh, that's because it's Christmas Day, Dopinder. And I'm after someone on my naughty list. You're probably thinking, this was a superhero movie, but that guy in the suit just turned that other guy into a kebab. Surprise, this is a different kind of superhero story. To tell it right, we gotta take you back before I squeezed into red spandex. Mr. Wilson, you've recently been diagnosed with terminal cancer. We can fight this. What if I told you we can cure you and give you abilities most men only dream of? I'd say that you sound like an infomercial, but not a good one, like Slap Chop, more Shake Weighty. If I never see you again, know that I love you. When I'm finished, the mutated cells will heal anything. But you still think we're making you a superhero? We're making you a super slave. Oh, come on. You gonna leave me all alone here with Jose Canseco? Whatever they did to me made my body indestructible, but my face, now look at me. Uh, Played by Ryan Reynolds, the titular Deadpool. I think his ego is Wade Wilson. Wasn't he a quarterback for the Rams, Minnesota Vikings? He was a second string quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. I I don't know. Apparently it's a play on Slade Wilson, who who is the real life identity of Deathstroke. One of uh, Hitman and Assassin from DC comic books. DC? Yeah. Isn't this a Marvel guy? Yeah, that's why it's a parody. Oh, it's a parody. I thought he said it's a play on. Yeah, it's a play. I mean, the name is. So they're, they're, this is a guy who's been stolen away from DC? It's just another Hitman who wears a mask and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. has the ability to regenerate okay. All right, and so heal and the, stuff like that. I don't know about. I mean, I know you're a big superhero movie guy. Yeah. Eh, I study. You're up a superhero well. movie guy. Yeah. All right. Fine. Uh, but are you a comic book guy? No. No, I never really read comic books. Okay. Uh, a lot of what I learn about comic books is from reading people's reviews and reading, right. you know, them explaining 
who these characters are in these films. But no, I never read the comic books. I read comic books when I was a child, and then I grew up. I stopped reading them. <laughs> Trying to alienate anybody who's listening to this podcast all their well, that's fine. I'm going to be positive about this film. Go you, you gotta like a superhero movie that's R-rated. It's a breath of fresh air. We've had so few of them. This movie is funny. The action is good. Uh, solid action scenes. Uh, it's a good origin tale that also manages to tell uh, another story. There are two conflicts that get resolved in this film. Where if it was just an origin story where at the end he finally becomes Deadpool, it'd be a little boring. We get to see him as Deadpool proper with all of his abilities, kicking butt, saving the girl. It's awesome. Okay. And your feelings? <laughs> I mean, I, my feelings are pretty clear. I I kind of liked it when I left it, but it's sort of disposable to me, it seems. I mean, I, obviously I'm in the minority, and we've established over the last couple of years that I'm not in any way an authority on superhero movies. It's just not my thing. So everything that I say has to be taken with a grain of salt. But I had a lot of problems with with the story. A lot of problems with the characters. A lot of problems with the story. The action was okay, but there was only really one decent action. It's like, I think the whole movie is like two action set pieces with flashbacks. That you can argue whether or not they're action oriented. I'm not really sure that they are. But um, I think it's just basically that. The opening sequence is decent. The opening title sequence is good. But then I noticed about halfway through the opening title sequence that the the jokes for me just weren't kind of hitting. And I realized then, we're talking like 38 seconds into the movie, that I knew what it was going to be. And I kind of knew what it was going to be going in. But then I kind of like, yeah, this probably won't work for me. Yeah, that's probably right. There is are parts that work, but there are, I think the... the what I dislike about it outweighs the things I like about it. Is it too aware of itself? Oh, it's very aware of itself. It insists it upon itself. too aware of itself yeah. for you? Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. that is apparently the key to the Deadpool character. You have to like that he's able to constantly break that fourth wall and live in the moment, but also live outside of the moment and comment on everything that's going on. Yeah, I and, think that works twice, maybe three times. Seven, eight times, just stops working. So... I think there's too much of that. It's like being on a date with a beautiful woman, but all she really cares about is herself and all she talks about is herself and she insists upon herself. So, Oh, see, I liked it. And I like that the superhero doesn't have to be some glorious dude who is very heroic and has proper morals. You know, this is just a guy who's doing what he wants to do. I like it. I feel that Ryan Reynolds was born to play this part. This is the type of character he plays in a lot of movies, and you feel like they're constantly having to pull him back, tone back the performance so he's not as uh, self-aware. And this, they just let him have free reign, and I think it works to great effect. Well, one of my favorite movies that I've seen recently, this year anyway, but it was I think it came out a couple of years ago, was The Voices, mm. which he starred in, and I thought he was great in it. And I didn't mind recommending it. I haven't got a real problem with Ryan Reynolds as an actor. I just don't know how all of a sudden he became uh, Robert Downey Jr., you know. Like, now he's the bee's knees when pretty much the entire world of intellectual movie criticism mm -hmm. 
had scorned and ridiculed him. And even all the, like the nerd verse had scorned and ridiculed his performances in different movies and his characters in different movies. And this was sort of like his last gasp effort to become the superhero action star. I guess he pulls it off. So, I mean, you can't, can't argue with success. Well, I mean, I agree with you that he's made a lot of bad films and this probably was his last gasp, but you look at him, apparently he's one of the fittest guys in Hollywood consistently Mm. for, better than 10 years so it's no surprise they keep trying to make him an action movie star because we have so few marketable people to do that he's funny which is also hard a lot of the big muscle-bound guys just aren't funny can't handle those bits of comedy right well he's not muscle-bound he's sort of live i mean he's he's... yeah but i mean he looks believable i guess in doing all these action sequences and he's always been a hit with the ladies so i think uh studios keep going we can make this work. This guy has all of the raw ingredients. We just need the right movie, the right director to harness these powers. And even horrible movies like Green Lantern, he's not the reason why that movie fails. There are so many other things that you have to call on first right. and talk about. Where I never you can't saw really blame him. All of it. Did you ever see R.I.P.D.? Yeah. Would Would that movie have been any good if Men in Black hadn't existed? It could have been, and apparently, and I don't remember all the details, but it departs radically from the comic books and the essence of what made that an interesting comic book series because too many studio heads got involved and said, we need this to be a ripoff of Men in Black. Oh, You know, last year, Men in Black 3 made all this money. You need to add in these type of elements. So I think that's always been the problem. And with Deadpool, we're getting what makes Deadpool great in the comic books from all the reviews I've been reading. They have the guts to make this an R-rated film. A couple weeks ago, this was tracking to make $50 million opening weekend. It ended up making $150 million for the President's Day weekend. So that's a four-day total, but that's still amazing. It's uh, the highest opening weekend that Fox has ever had in its history. It's the highest opening weekend ever for an R-rated film, for a February opening, for a winter opening, even just in general. Yeah, I heard January, February. It's the fifth highest opening for a Marvel property ever. So, I mean, this is really doing well. They've already greenlit the sequel. In fact, they did that before they even had the box office receipts from this weekend. They knew it was going to be a hit. And just this week, they have greenlit a new Wolverine movie, and that's going to be R-rated. It may or may not be R-rated. I just heard it that they're floating that out there. And there are two different types of R ratings. One is deep violence, intense action, um, and a lot of blood on the screen. Mm -hmm. And then there's another one that's irreverent and, uh, you know, sort of uh, crude and rude, like the super bad kind of movies, or even worse, and deals with sexual humor and sexual things and sort of deviancy. Deadpool has that built into his character, that sort of wink, wink, deviant. deviancy or indecency or whatever i'm not sure wolverine does and then where do you go but i would say that first bit the violence the bloody violence deadpool has that in spades in this film yeah but if it... and i think wolverine can have that i mean it's a guy with claws who literally disembowels his victim i guess my point is i don't know if it will be the best marketing decision just to have someone that's you know, a slasher murderer. If it doesn't have the combination of sex, sexuality and, and, you know, uh, 
self-referential uh, sort of parody that this movie seems to be treading the waters that it seems to be treading in. I, I don't know if Wolverine can pull it off to the same extent. And I'm not sure if the produ- producers are willing to take that risk. I think when they see opening box office like this, mm-hmm. you're thinking maybe this is the new direction superhero movies need to go because people are already starting to complain that they're getting a little stale. That was one of the criticisms of Avengers too. Right. It's I, just more of the same. So, I've been saying that for a long time though. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you saw the last Wolverine movie, the Wolverine. No. That's probably the most violent PG 13 movie I can point to. And maybe if they seen did it on... everything they could to, you know, just toe that line and not step over into R rated territory. So I don't think they'd have to push a whole lot more. Yeah. But you're cutting off. Uh... What do I know? I mean, I think they're, it'll be a gamble. And, and if they cut off that amount of their, if they cut off their audience and it fails, Mm -hmm. then they'll see that that's why I don't, I don't know if I'm there. What is it? Fox that has Wolverine. Mm -hmm. They're going to make a decision that's going to give them the most money either here or down the line. And I'm not sure. I mean, comic books are still comic books. Mm -hmm. You could say like all the, the nerd verse can get upset with me but they appeal to younger kids. And I think if you're out of the middle school age group too far, then you're sort of limiting your audience. Over 53% of the audience for this film was over the age of 25. This film. For opening weekend. This film. Yeah. This, that's, and it made right, 150 million here in the United States. Internationally, 132 million. So that's almost... $300 million opening weekend. Just because a lot that's, of people went that, to see it doesn't mean that it's any good. And it is, this is it, a different movie. It is then. good. We can go back. But if you're a studio executive, you cannot look at those numbers and say, well, we're not even going to try and make another R-rated film. Yeah. So uh, to me, if I'm going, all right, I'm not going to take Avengers. You know, that makes a billion dollars every time we go out there. You know, just like you wouldn't make an R-rated Star Wars film. You're guaranteed a billion dollars, right? Let's take one of the smaller properties, one that has underperformed. So to me, Wolverine seems good to do that. I want to say the last one made about three hundred million, or possibly, and they're talking about doing Fantastic Four. Jesus Christ! But again, it's an underperforming <laughs> franchise. Fantastic Eight. No one, you know, has been able to make a solid PG thirteen movie with that. All right, where do you go property? With it, you have that property. Why not go for the R rating? Where do you go with? fantastic four to make it a legitimate r movie you make it more violent or you make it like you have sex scenes both all right but if it's not sex scenes with the elastic man mr fantastic do you honestly think that they would go that far they didn't even take deadpool that far i think that there are a lot of things that they that they hedged on with deadpool and waiting to see how accepted it's going to be they were very smart in doing their research uh you know, back in January of 2012, they filmed a three-minute clip of Deadpool to just see, you know, does mm-hmm. this work? Uh, and they were kind of undecided. They accidentally leaked the footage back in uh, August of 2014. Mm-hmm. And the internet exploded. People said, this is great. Then the script leaked, and people went, oh, this is fantastic. Back in April of last year, Ryan Reynolds tweets out, hey guys, Deadpool's going to be PG-13. The internet explodes with rage. It's got to be R. It only works that way. Fox was very smart in being able to gauge how much people wanted an R-rated movie, how much people wanted this movie. I think and it's giving, paid off. I think you should give credit to some producers, but I think you're giving the company too much credit. I think some producers are willing to take a risk. You think, think they Fox got lucky with this? Yeah. 
Of course they did. Nobody would have predicted a hundred and fifty million dollar opening for a marginal Even if they had film done with a sixty million. million, million. They're they're doing great. I mean, this whole movie doing, cost less than sixty fine. million. Yeah, I think it was sixty eight million. Was what you said last week? But that might be wrong. I, I don't know. Okay. Either way, it, it kind of. I mean, I don't know how much farther you can go into this arena with a different property. I don't, I, I don't know if you can be ref like you know aware of yourself like that and break the fourth wall and, and take all the conventions of uh, superhero movies with a different character mm-hmm. and and you know claim the same area i don't know if you can carve out the same area i don't know but this is costing less than 70 million we can agree on that even with marketing you're under probably 100 million for this film it's going to clear half a billion i don't know it might do even you do that it well some people are now predicting that it will be the highest grossing movie in its second week or it will have dropped by a lower percentage than all other movies it could. Like uh, Star Wars only dropped 49% mm-hmm. from its opening week weekend gross. They say this movie might even do better. Okay. So it would be like the one of the first times ever. All right. So it costs you $100 million. It's paid off at least fivefold, possibly much more than that. Why not try and do this a couple more times with, you know, a budget of 50 to $70 million? Maybe you strike out once or twice, but so what? If you can hit fire again, right now the Batman versus Superman film apparently has a budget of something like four hundred million. It's got to do a billion dollars to break even. Right, a billion dollars, and it probably won't. And it might kill that franchise or that iteration. Yeah, they've put the Justice League on hold. There's supposed to be a standalone Batman movie with Ben Affleck. All of that is paused until they see how this movie does. But making Batman versus Superman R-rated wouldn't have solved that problem for them. No, but my point is, instead of having a $400 million budget, drop down to $50 million, get some new director, the director of this, Tim Miller, this is his first feature film, right. take a gamble for one-eighth of the cost. You can make a lot of movies, and you only need one or two to hit. You've made this argument before. I don't know. I mean, like I said, this is a this is a, a perfect storm and a, a perfect property. I don't know if another property exists like that out there. Plus, the other thing that they're smart doing with this film is we haven't only been introduced to Deadpool, which apparently he fights sometimes on X-Force, which is like a more hardcore Avengers team. Right. But we got a good look at Colossus, who's apparently a pretty popular X-Men that they've never known what to do with. And then this negasonic teenage warhead, Shanae O'Connor looking like teenage child. Mm -hmm. She's kind of cool. So you're getting to... But you're getting to test some of these more secondary characters and see, are any of these a hit with the audience? <sighs> you know, do we want to work them into future films? I think that's really smart. All right, Bring well, in start... some B and C level characters and see what works. It may be smart. It might also be a death knell. Because if now you're, if you're having a, a tentpole movie that's based on negasonic teenage warhead, then you got, I think that you're saturating the market and I think... Again, it'll be stale and redundant. This is essentially Spider-Man or Wolverine. It's the exact same origin story. It's told a little bit differently. The structure of the story is a little bit different, but it's yeah, it's it's pretty much Wolverine. There there aren't there's an action set piece at the end. He fights a. It's what superhero movies are, and for me, I mean, they're just not that attractive. I I don't know where it heads. The 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 budget for Deadpool 2, or Deadpond, or whatever, 
is going to be probably two, maybe even three times this 60 million or whatever, 70 million. It, it could get really bloated. If they, I don't think they need a whole lot more money though. Do a hundred million. No, but it might, like, again, they might, they might throw a whole bunch of money at it. And so what happened to Zoolander too? <laughs> or two lander. Good point. Good point. No, so, I, 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 I don't could know. see I, them I, screwing I up Deadpool two, but that's two years away at the earliest. I want to be happy for this film. Well, you'd probably deserve it because I'm not alone in, in, I mean, I am alone. You're not alone in your appreciation for it. I will say that most of the people I've heard talk positively about it have been sophomores <laughs> in high school. Collegiate? No. Oh. So. Uh, no, I'm just, uh, I, I'm happy when we can get these types of films. I miss R-rated action films. I grew up watching a lot of action films from the 80s and 90s. The Schwarzeneggers, the Stallones. I mean, even Van Damme's and you know this those isn't guys. like those movies though. This is I, different. I, I, I know, it. but now I look around and I go, there are so few R-rated action movies that come out. Almost everything is PG-13, and I feel like it's been neutered. I think if Die Hard came out now, it would be PG-13, and that is so sad because that needs to be an R-rated film. But they're just work. calling it R-rated. It's just having a tag on it. I think if you released the print. Die Hard maybe took out one or two curse. I don't even know how many. It probably got R for violence, violence and <coughs> cursing definitely. Uh, there are a couple of movies that got R rated just because there was so much beyond PG thirteen. But now the the line between them has been. I don't think I, I still think a lot of those you you throw them back out there. They would still get an R rate. Point Break. They just remade that PG thirteen, and from all the critic reviews, it sucked. I'm. Come on, that's not, a, that's not a good You gotta have argument. it be R-rated. You got to. That movie didn't fail because it because of the rating. The movie failed because it, it wasn't a good movie. Because they were having to go through what's and the, What's the highest rated action movie from the 80s and 90s? R-rated. Uh, highest rated? Yeah, I mean, what's the pinnacle? I'd say uh, Die Hard is up there. Uh, Terminator Judgment Day. Terminator Judgment Day or Terminator 2? Is that Terminator, Terminator 2? 2 Judgment Day. All right. Yeah, yeah. I think if that were released... Today, without anything preceding it, if they just took it on its print today, it would be PG-13. So it, when you say R-rated as a tag or as a, as a moniker or a description of these movies, I think it means different things to different people. And I don't think that it's just a savior for the genre. It might even kill the genre. Then I'll be happy. When I think of great action movies, and there have been a couple in the last five years, both of the Raid films and John Wick, R-rated. I can't think of a fantastic PG-13 action film. I mean, you're going to have you to throw... Jurassic Park. You love that movie. That's popcorn. Jurassic entertainment. World. Yeah. But, I mean, when I'm thinking action, I'm thinking more fighting. Uh, Jurassic World is more adventure. Kingsman was rated R. Enjoyed that one a lot, and that wouldn't be a good film if you had to make that PG-13. What if Deadpool was PG-13? Were that PG-13? Would it, you even go see it? It'd be horrible. It'd be uh, Ant-Man. Yeah, it'd be horrible. <laughs> I mean, I, I honestly, I think Ant-Man's probably the weakest of the Marvel films in the last four years or so. And I realize there are people who like Ant-Man. That movie just did not work for So if you, if you took out a couple of eviscerations and some sex jokes out of Deadpool, it immediately becomes less of a movie? Yeah. I mean, because that is a crude character. If he can't be crude, you're neutering him. Do you think Howard Stern would be good if you neutered him and didn't let him use curse words and be vulgar at times? Would he still be an interesting 
radio personality who could be on the oh, air yeah, for 30 sure. years. Well, that's why he was the host of America's Got Talent. I mean, he's the king of all media. What do you try to say? Howard Stern would still exist because he's talented. I don't know if this movie would. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think R-rated movies have a place in our society. Right. I wouldn't recommend this to most high schoolers. I, I would have reservations about them going to see it if I were their parents. Probably want what eleventh grade and up. I would. I would not be like some theory. of the parents that I saw going to this theater bringing their ten-year-olds in. Right. It's bizarre. But that's just me. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. Probably not. Wow. But that doesn't mean. I mean that that's. Because it's a reflection of me. I wouldn't want this movie to be a reflection of my tastes. No, no, no. I mean, so. I, I appreciate the honest opinion. Uh, you seem to be much more into this film leaving the theater than you are now. Uh, I was dazzled by it. Part of it was also we went to a really nice theater. We went to the uh, AMC Hampton. Mm-hmm. And they've just redone Theater 12. Was this DHX or something? something. Some sound... Crazy sound, the recliner seats, nice screen. huge screen. We paid a little extra for that, too. But was that not a fantastic presentation? I mean, what you think of the movie aside, the mm-hmm. presentation, I would argue, is the best I've ever had. If you told me you could see a movie you really want to see or this other one that you don't really want to see that much, but it's in Theater 12, <laughs> I'm going to Theater 12. Well, if it's Brooklyn, it won't make any difference, right? That was one of the things I was thinking about. If you're a critic and you're going into a really nice theater and you get really great sound, how much does it help some of these award-winning films? You know, if you go watch uh, The Danish Girl or something. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter in The Danish Girl if the chair shakes when the music plays. Yeah, when does they, the subwoofer the, Is there really any bass in The Danish Girl at all? I don't know, but those are always films. I, like, we saw Trumbo, and that's in a very nice theater at the AMC. It held maybe 50 seats. Right. And it was a very nice presentation, but... It didn't blow me away. I was right. blown away by Theater 12. Well, theaters have to do that now to compete, right? Or else everyone's just going to stay home. I mean, we have a lot of nice theaters around us, I feel. And we've been in all the different rooms so seeing you, these films. Deadpool was theater. amazing. Theater 12 at the AMC Hampton. Yeah, I've told all my students, go watch it all there. Right. I wonder, it was, we went in the matinee. Mm-hmm. I wonder what it, and it was like. $10.26, which is just so the ticketing prices are just so odd there. Any yeah. theater nowadays. I don't, I don't understand that. But anyway, was that a matinee price? Do you think it's more than, you think it's like 15 or 18 bucks per oh, ticket yeah. to I mean, go there, there's some because spots, of that theater? There's some spots in America where it's better than 20 No, I'm talking about ticket. that theater. That You think we got a matinee price? or Yeah, yeah, we know, definitely we got the matinee price. All right, I think we need to spoil this some so that I can explain why I hate right, it so right. much. <laughs> I don't know if I hate it. I don't, I don't, I really don't hate it, but I really don't like it either. The man that hath no music in himself, nor is not moved with concord of sweet sounds, is fit for treasons, stratagems, and spoils. Okay, well then let me start you off with this. Uh, Apparently 48 hours before the movie started shooting, Fox Studios told the production team, you gotta cut $7 million from the budget. So they ended up cutting a car chase sequence and the last action sequence was supposed to be a whole lot longer. Deadpool was going to be using all these guns. Instead, they turn into a joke where he accidentally leaves the guns and ammo in the taxi. Is this the spoiler section? Yeah, we're in spoilers, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. Do you think that that helped the movie? That they had to scale it back some and really figure out what are the most important bits that we need to keep? I, I It definitely didn't hurt the movie from my standpoint because all of that extra 
fluff added to an action movie doesn't necessarily make it better. Mm-hmm. Unless you're finding a way to do something unique and interesting within the confines of the of the scene. Like just adding another scene to it is not going to be by... It's not going to de facto be a better movie. But you were a little upset that there were only two major action scenes in this earlier. You no, were, I wasn't You were calling that it. out as a flaw, at least. No, I was just pointing it out. I was just saying it's just two major action set pieces with a, some origin stuff in between. If this movie had been told chronologically, you would have had the same uh, sort of setup. It would have been... It's just, just sort of taken out of, out of order. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't care if there's another scene. It wouldn't have made me any happier <laughs> to see an extra... Mr. Two Frames. I slept through half of the movie. I don't know how you did that, especially with all that sound. It did. It well, it's proven that I can sleep through movies. Apparently, so I may have missed some stuff, and it's probably not even a, a fair thing for me to be judging it along these lines. But there were things that put me to sleep. It wasn't just me. It wasn't all my fault. Hmm? So yeah, no, I don't think it would have been better with more of a budget probably it made it again uh more original or it made it at least original for however far it could be original the cg on colossus is pretty ridiculous i mean you could have done a guy that didn't look like metal but but that's what his character looks like i know but i think i've seen colossus in other movies x-men movies where he doesn't look like that and he does like either transforms into Mm -hmm. metal or something and the cg isn't as bad i mean this is this was a lesser version of that guy. May have been because of budgetary concerns, but it also, I think it was part of the joke. I mean, he's eating cereal, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Superheroes gotta eat. Yeah. I, I kind of like him in the, just, I mean, he's so ridiculously oversized. And then there's right. just the inherent problem of how do you ever make a metal guy look realistic and how do you make the metal move mm-hmm. organically when metal's supposed to be so rigid. Right. How how do you convince the audience that this guy could really move around that his joints can well, that's flex the thing with this without movie. making him look like the tin man and have these oversized joints everywhere. The thing with this movie is, man, well, we don't have to because ha, it's all a joke. See, we're just setting up this movie where we can do these things, but eh, it doesn't really matter because it's a joke. And then we can leave off certain things and ah, <laughs> it's just a joke. It's funny. Where look at how cute we are, coy, and, and that just got bothersome after a while. There were two key plot points that were never resolved, and I was just like, Pfft. "What were those two key plot points?" I don't know if they were key, but one major. Well, there's a minor character, the cab driver. Mm-hmm. He gets uh, what arrested, or he he gets into an accident, right? And there's <laughs> some guy in his trunk. We never go back to him. We never find out what happened with that guy. There's no resolution there. Uh, Colossus rescues at the very end of the movie is this whatever stupid thing that they were standing on, this giant aircraft carrier that for some reason is lifted up <laughs> another 25 stories in the air. Weren't they in a dry dock? But it was it was dilapidated. There was no... I, I couldn't figure that out necessarily. And no, it wasn't a dry dock because a dry dock would have been covered, right? I, uh-huh. I don't know. But when that thing collapses and falls down and nobody really seems to notice... Colossus saves a uh, teenage negasonic teenage warhead and it's a teenage twice. <laughs> well, that's how I feel it should be said. Uh, and copycat. He's or not copycat, Angel Dust, played by Gina Carano. I love her. What happens with her? He he 
takes her with him. He's got his handcuffs. No, he doesn't. She never comes back. He She's runs. Huh? He's going to take her back. He, what? She's at the beginning of their action sequence. He's got his handcuffs. He can, he's like, we can do this hard. But where is she at the end when he rescues them? Because he locked her big... up. He probably like tied her oh, around some put her beam some... or something. Oh, okay. He's going to pick her up when he leaves. Right, right, right. See, it's a funny little thing. We don't need to explain that. It doesn't matter. But she was one of my favorite characters. I wanted to know what happened to her. I don't want it to be left out in the open. I want there to be resolution. I want there to be at least the idea that there could be a resolution. I hate movies where you're required to fill in the blanks with plausibilities or what is the most plausible outcome here. I don't mind ambiguity at all, but I think that here they just think, eh, whatever, it doesn't matter. We don't have to tell you what happened to her. Angel dust. Whatever. Yeah, that didn't bother me too much. I know it did. Um, <laughs> the sure. Colossus design didn't bother me too much. I do think one of the character designs we can agree on, they didn't go far enough with, was Deadpool's face. Right. He wasn't that ugly. No, he he's... I mean, I think there are some guys who are going to go, I've seen uglier guys at the comic book store I frequent. He's John Malkovich. <laughs> you save the guys. That's the other thing. I couldn't figure out what his motivations were because they they cured him of cancer. And no, they gave no, him, no, 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 no. They, they gave, didn't? They he gave still him a, had cancer? Yeah, he still has cancer, apparently. Oh, he has a healing factor. He's able to heal from the cancer as quickly as it's able to keep uh, giving him so cancer. So he... He still has cancer. But he's... He, it's not going to. He's not kill going to him. kill. Him. Yeah, he's not going to die. <laughs> okay, so yay, we he's did what we said we were going to do. If you go to a doctor and, you, and you're like, I got to do right by someone, this whole movie could have been solved. Wait, 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 wait. If you're on fire and you're being threatened to be yeah, engulfed in fire, fire thing. I, I, no, I'm just saying, if you were on fire and you go to the doctor and you're like, Hey, doc, I'm on fire. I don't want to be completely engulfed in fire. And he goes, All right, I'll just keep you with just a little bit of you on fire. I can't. I'm not going to put it all out. Would you go, oh, thanks, Doc. That's awesome. If you're still a little bit on fire, but it's not going to spread to your whole body. Again, I don't know how your analogy works because it, is it going to hurt? Instead of cancer, now you have fire. But does it hurt? Is it going to kill me or is it going to hurt? It's just going to hurt. It's just, but he, he doesn't he's hurt. He's still fire. He's not, he's not in pain necessarily. Really? That skin looked really dry and crackly. He looked like John Malkovich. That's why he carries the lotion all the time with him. Plus... How come he can't heal scars? Like, he can heal holes. He gets his hand chopped off. He can't heal a scar? Uh, like, that doesn't make any sense. It it defeats itself. Yeah, the healer properties make... Uh, They're limited to weird, things that aren't weirdness. skin? I, I saw a question online the other day, and it said, if you cut Deadpool vertically in half, you know, right down the middle, would... Which side would grow a new Deadpool? Or would you have two Deadpools? <laughs> right. And apparently someone answered the question, there's an evil Deadpool who the villains just made from gathering up all the chopped off body parts and putting them together and it made an evil Deadpool. Isn't isn't he an evil Deadpool? How's he evil? He I, saves the girl? I don't know. I, I mean, he doesn't but ever... he saves the girl for himself. But she was going to be world. killed. Yeah, he doesn't save the world. You should like this movie because yeah, right. you hate superhero movies where it's all about saving the world. You're absolutely right. I should like it. If Deadpool doesn't do anything, the girl dies. That's it. Yeah, but it's it's very selfish. There are no grand motivations if that are he, going to end the world. This is the thing, though. He le- All right, so they, they, they cure him of cancer. They save his life. They make him a little ugly. And then he just sort of disappears and is angry at the guy for doing it, for saving his life and making him look like John Malkovich. If he had gone and to... And wanting Gina to imprison Cur- him as a slave. Yeah, I missed that part of sleep. Yeah. And they weren't able to because he was too badass? 
he gets free after they've so transformed him. He sets fire the whole place. Yeah. So they, so he, they weren't able to do what they set but out. That's to what do. He, they wanted to do. They just don't seem to have a very big, good business plan. <laughs> they're going to create super warriors, and they they think that they're going to be enslaved. Yeah, then they're going to enslave them so that they have to do the bidding. What are they going to hold them back with? Exploding neck collars? I don't know. Okay. And then his head would just grow back without the collar on it. If he had gone to copycat Marina Basarain, I think her name is Vanessa. Yeah. And said, hey, man, they saved me from the cancer. I'm, I'm hideously ugly, but look at me. And at the movie, at the end of the movie, she goes with him. Because she loves him that much. Mm-hmm. If that had happened, I don't know, two or three weeks, or no, two years, right? It's a two-year time period. If that had happened two years prior to this, none of the rest of the movie would have happened, and he would have had a happy life for two years instead of being an angry, bitter Deadpool bent on revenge. I think he still wants to kill Ajax, the main villain of this. For saving his life? And for horribly scarring him. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's the trade-off. If you knew you were going to die from cancer, and they said, "Well, you're going to have a, you're going to, <laughs> we're going to change you into, you'll look like, oh, uh, I can't say, uh, I'll look worse than I do already." Yeah. Eh. Would you take the cure? Oh yeah, I want to live. It's a but... trade-off, see. Okay. All right. Uh, there are a couple other superhero movies coming out this year. Do you think you're going that this will be your favorite superhero movie come the end of the year? Uh, we're about a month away from Batman vs Superman coming out. <sighs> I'm predicting that's going to be a four. So Deadpool still wins. Deadpool's a 4.1. No. Oh, it's five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's a five. All right. Because enough. of Marina Basarain. I like her. She and Gina Carano. I liked her a lot, too. like her, too. So, I don't know. What's the other movie? Avengers? Civil War? Age of uh, Ultron? Captain Age America. Of... Civil War is the other big one. Whatever. I mean, two. you can't even be bothered to watch I'm, Avengers 2. I'm pre-predicting a two for that. So this is going to be your favorite superheroes movie of the year. At at a five. And you were very, very tepid, if I'm being kind. (laughs) Right. All right. Fair enough. Maybe I should be happy. Maybe it will kill them. Well, maybe we need to get back to doing better quality films. Any idea what you want to do for the next show? (laughs) Aren't we doing the the next two uh, Oscar nominations? Yeah, I think our next two shows, we're going to be reviewing the best pictures. Uh, for this year's Oscars, uh, episode one twenty five is going to be Brooklyn, one a of film... your favorite films of the year. I enjoyed it. And I don't think we talked at all about that on the show this nope. year. Maybe once, so in passing, and, and then, then one twenty six will be The Big Short, right? Yeah, which was Scott Lasky's favorite film of last year. Got an inside track on the Oscars, so we will be uh, bringing you those episodes Laugh very is, shortly. Laugh is going to the to the Oscars again. Are you going to the movies this weekend? Let Laugh know what you saw. Send in your review by emailing the show at thelaughpodcast at gmail.com, tweeting at the Laugh Podcast, or messaging us on facebook.com backslash the Laugh Podcast. The best comments will get read on a future show. As John McClain says in Die Hard, yippee ki MFR. Mr. Bull over there. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Mr. Lusk pops in. Boom. Everybody. There be dragons.
All right, as um, John Callahan said in Die Hard, Cowabunga, <laughs> MFR. Why? Is that not. <laughs> Callahan is uh, no. Dirty Harry. Oh. What's the guy's name in. Uh... John McClane. Oh, it's John McClane. What and is it? It's Yippie Kaye. Okay, there you go. I should look these things up. <laughs> Yippie Kaye. All right, so. As what's his name? John McClane. John McClane. Couldn't imagine seeing that with my dad. Oh my god! My now, dad. Would, my dad would have walked out of that movie. I think my old man would. Have. He does not care for profanity in films. I would have walked out if I hadn't been so tired. <laughs> no, not because god, I wouldn't have walked out. Film. Wow, that's all right. I think you're overstating. Oh, we'll get. We'll wait till we get into it. I'm overstating what. You it's said it's a such good a good film. film. It is. It's like, you, but you you said it in like. <sighs> it's a God, breath of fresh air. Film. 